So uh, all of you guys know that uh, Scott and I are uh, Bible nerds. We love we love Jesus, and that is one of the defining factors, if not the biggest defining factor of probably both of our lives. But there's something else that you need to know about us. We're, we're both also Disney nerds. It's true. Uh, <laughs> if you ever walk into Scott's office, it is uh, Lion King posters. Uh-huh. And, uh, Spider-Man's also a part of that Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yeah. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> All of it's part of it. D- Disney is one of those, like, it, it, it captures so much of... I don't even know how to explain it, really. It's just kind of one of those. I, and, you know, I remember my first time going to Disneyland. Mm. Dude, I tell you what, it wasn't until I was like 17. I didn't go as a kid. Whoa, so I was 17 okay. years old. Yeah. And um, the hype was all around it. You know, just, <laughs> oh, Disney's this and Disney's that. And the people would tell me. And I would see pictures and everything. And, and even so, like, I, I saw a parade video once, and I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. But, I, you know, I wanted to experience it myself. And so I remember the first time I walked through Disneyland, California, OG, the OG park. So <laughs> walking through the main gates, and I remember being overwhelmed by what was happening in front of me. Uh, the the sights, the smells. Um, I remember the rides I got on and how I just thought they were just the most ornate things. Um, man, it was just it was just this phenomenal, uh, awesome moment. And now, like since then, I've you know I've gone to to Disney World, um, visiting my parents' uh, in laws, and they lived in Belgium, and so. We went to Disney Paris because it was like three hours away. Hop in the car, go to Disney Paris. So been there a couple times, um, but none of those times like like even compared to that first time walking in and just kind of absorbing it all and seeing the characters and seeing like just mm-hmm. being immersed in that experience. And yeah. man, it was just such a as a seventeen year old. <laughs> um, I just I felt like a little kid in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's an incredible thing. I and my Disney experience is is a little bit different. I uh, I also went as a teenager, uh, and for me as a teenager, it was um, I went to Disney World, and so there's there's you know the uh, is there four or five different parks at Disney World. Four. Four different yeah. parks, and the one I wanted to be at the most was was Hollywood Studios because that's where the best rides were, mm. right? It's um, uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. Hollywood and, Tower Terror. And Hollywood Tower Terror. Yeah. So I just go back and forth between those two rides. I get my fast pass at one, get my fast pass at the next one. Da, 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 and just go back and forth between mm-hmm. those two rides. And I had just I had a blast doing that. And that was what it was all about for me at Disney World at the time. Fast forward um, like 20 years. Or no, not 20 years. Like 10 years. <laughs> fast forward 10 years. Yeah, yeah I'll be, uh, date myself. So fast forward 10 years, uh, maybe 11 years, I, I bring my own children mm. And they're four and six. They're little girls. And there is one park for little girls that blows all the other ones That's right. out of the water. That's right. And that's Magic Kingdom. That's the kingdom, baby. That's the kingdom. <laughs> because at the kingdom, you meet the most princesses. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when I was 17, that was not part of my Disney experience no. at all. Mm-hmm. But whenever I have two little girls with me, that is Everything. That's right. 
Did y'all do the bippity boppity boutique? Did you do it? Bro, we, no, we we uh, you know that was uh, it was booked up at the time, but okay. we did do um, the the princess dinner mm. where they had like five different princesses come by and there's just a big princess dance party in the middle of it. It was it was great. That's at Epcot though. They they love that. Mm. Epcot you get to meet princesses too. So That's those right. are the two places that you know as a 17 year old I did not I did not care for Epcot. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. You know, I didn't, you know, Magic Kingdom's okay. You know, there's some good rides there, too. But, uh, yeah, those two parks are the are the bee's knees if you've got two excited little girls with mm-hmm. you. And uh, just that different aspect. And uh, today on Gathering Mana, we are going to talk about these different aspects of Jesus and how we encounter him mm-hmm. and, and what it means for each of us to see these different aspects of Jesus and how we relate to him. That's right. Stay tuned. (laughs) Welcome to Gathering Mana, quick practical steps to nourish your soul. I'm Scott. And I'm Carter. Thanks for joining us here today. This has been a series walking through the season of Advent. Uh, It's been awesome. We started with the theme of hope. We moved into the theme of peace and then joy. Last episode, we talked about the wonderful word of agape love. Um, It's great. We didn't exhaust that. We encourage you to check out those episodes if you are just uh, joining us for the first time or you haven't caught up yet. But today, we are going to talk about uh, the the crown jewel, um, the the top tier Jesus. We're talking about Christ. And specifically, we're here to kind of answer the question, who is Christ or who is Jesus? I read, you know, a little bit of synonymous, I guess, there. Um, who is Jesus to you? And how do you maybe specifically see him? How does he play out? What's what's one of the main identifiers that you right. claim upon Yeah, because Jesus? Uh, at different times in life, you, you, you resonate more with different aspects of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whoa. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Some gas this, for you. Mm. Yeah. So I needed. Yes, it just <laughs> deeply resonated with me. Uh, yeah, you, you, just, you need <laughs> different parts of Christ at different times, and um, so so Scott, for you right now, uh, who do you identify with in the gospel that Christ had an impact on? Like what 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 aspect of Christ most most resonates with you in this season of life or or is it um yeah so yeah the, to me the one that consistently has been speaking to me for a while um, is found in in luke chapter 10 and it's a, a story it's a parable that a lot of us know a lot of us um have grown up with it w- with it if you are in the church but even out of the church people know this this parable pretty well um, and it's typically titled uh the parable of the good samaritan and uh, I don't. I don't think it's a great title. Um, that's okay. I'm, we're not here to talk about that. But the the meat of the story basically um, is that Jesus starts telling this story of a man who fell into the hands of robbers, 
and he was beaten, looking and depending on translations, it says looking as if he was either half dead or looking as if he was dead. Mm-hmm. A priest comes and t- to the place where this man is, and he passes by on the other side. So to a Levite, he passes by on the other side. I don't think these are malicious men. I simply know, uh, think that they are trying to follow the Jewish law, which says if you touch someone who is dead, you are unclean. Um, maybe it can be assumed that they're headed to Jerusalem. It's on the road, even says, from Jerusalem to Jericho. Mm-hmm. So these men might be on the way to the temple to go help prepare sacrifices. You see the dilemma in their mind where they say, I could go check, and if he's dead, I'm unclean, or I can pass by on their side, making sure I don't come in contact. That way I'm clean. Not justifying it. I'm just saying there's probably motives behind them walking on the other side. They weren't just like, sure. ah, I'm just malicious, and I don't want you know, want to help that guy. Um <laughs> And so you have this third character enter in, a Samaritan, who the Samaritans were notorious, uh, almost enemies of the Jews. Um, they weren't f- uh, pure bloods, whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> they had some of the same beliefs and practices as the Jewish people. However, they were not fully Jewish. Uh, they lived near, like right by, like Israel during this time. And so there's, there was a lot of tension. And so you can see this, this character enters in. The audience Jesus is talking to is Jewish, uh, is Israelites, and um, suddenly he says, hey, this Samaritan actually walks up to this person. He sees the person. He uh, bandages his, his wounds. He puts him on his donkey, and he takes him to an inn. The next day he takes out two denarii, I believe it is, and says, take care of this one to the innkeeper. Um, and, and hey, when I return, I'll pay for whatever debt or whatever mm-hmm. um, he's accumulated. And so um, basically the question is asked, Jesus says, who who of the three men had mercy? Or who of the three men um, did was good? Or was the neighbor. There yeah. you go. Um, and he says, well, the one who had mercy on him. Right. There you go. Have mercy. And so that's the typical tr- translation and uh, or interpretation of that, that scripture. And I-, I love putting Jesus back into the, the main – uh, spot of these parables as the main character. Je- the Bible's all about Jesus. Literally, that's everything right. points to Jesus. That's yeah. that's it. And so, putting him as the main character, um, suddenly I start to realize I identify not more with the Levi, the priest, uh, the Samaritan, but more as simply the half-looking de- dead guy on the side of the road. Yeah. And suddenly I say, okay. Um, Jesus came to me when not a not a preacher, a pastor, anybody could really help me. But Jesus, who was an enemy per se to, to the, the way my life was, mm. he came, he saw me, he took pity on me. He came up and it says in in the text that he bandaged the wounds with wine and oil. So the wine, his blood communion right come on the blood of of christ so wash my sins the oil the oil of heaven known as the holy spirit he filled me with his spirit he resurrected he did the the best resuscitation i could ever ask for Mm. not only that he could have left he could have said all right that's enough nope he took it a step further he put me on his donkey he bared my burden. That's what donkey is, the, the beasts of burden, that he bared my burden. He continues to bear. So he is the donkey, and he's also walking beside the donkey. And the seat upon the donkey is his seat. So he basically is saying, hey, Scott, here you go. You're, you're now a co-heir with me. You inherit. My seat is your seat, which is just crazy. I've done nothing. 
um, haven't even had a word, don't even have a name technically in this story, right? And then he takes me to an inn, which is a place for foreigners in a foreign land, the church, to a people, and he says, take care of this one. He commissions the church, take care of this one. And when I return, you want to talk about Advent season, the coming of Christ. When I return, when I come again, everything, anything he's accumulated, paid for, 100%. And so when I look at this story and I see Christ in the story, if I were to answer the question, who is Jesus to me um, right now in this season of my life? He is my wonderful borrow a song lyric, wonderful, merciful Savior. Say that, that word Savior, is, it's overused a lot of times, but he, he saved me from the side of the road, the pit gutter that I was in, and he resurrected, he gave me identity, and then he gave me a place to dwell, and he's coming back for me. That is a Savior. He has saved me from the wretched place I was spiritually, and he is continuing to do so. Jesus, to me, is my Savior. Wow. Carter. Yeah. Let me throw this question back at you. If you were to identify with a place in Scripture, who is Jesus to you? How do you identify with him right now in this time? Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say uh, the same, the same as you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, this is a big gathering, I'll take, man. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take one good. of those. <laughs> oh, man, that was beautiful. Um, man, because our temptation, like my, <laughs> I always tend to put myself in, in the place, right? Because that's, that's how we read that story is like I'm always putting myself in the place of the Good Samaritan. Like, yeah, I can be that for other people. But seeing myself as beaten and bloodied and in the need of a Savior, like mm-hmm. that's such a, such a great picture. Um, so I'm, I'll take one of those. <laughs> now I'll uh, I'll answer the question. I think um, Christ to me, uh, oftentimes, if I could resonate with one of the characters in the Bible, I'd have to say when James and John come to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 35, they um, they come to Jesus with the question. Uh, whenever you come to, they're, they're heading to Jerusalem. So this is the first time the end mark where the disciples and Jesus are heading towards Jerusalem. And so like, this is a cue, like this is the capital city. This is where we need to kick the Romans out of. This is where, this is where we establish the throne of David to, to reign forever. Like this is where the fruition of the Messiah comes into place. Peter has already made his confession that Jesus is the Messiah. This is, if anywhere it's going to happen, it's Jerusalem. Jesus says, we're headed toward Jerusalem. They're like, yeah, let's go. Mm -hmm. So James and John come to Jesus and say, when you come into your glory, which we know is about to happen, we saw you up on a mountain transfigured. Mm -hmm. We saw some stuff. It's like, you're about to make it happen. This is great. Whenever you come into glory, Jesus Set one of us at your right and the other at your left. That's me. Mm. I'm James and John. I'm saying, hey, Jesus, like, give me the glory. Mm. Show me the glory. Where's the glory? Mm. And Jesus, 
well, in this conversation, it's such a funny conversation. Uh, these two brothers come and they say, hey, Jesus, uh, before we get started, before we even talk, um, can you just like give us whatever we want? <laughs> Jesus is like, wait, what do you want? Knowing their hearts, yeah. of course. And they say, when you come to glory, put one of us at your right and one of us at your left. And Jesus says, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know. You don't want that. And he says, can you be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized with? Can you drink the cup that I am to drink? And they say, yes. Yeah, Yeah, we can do that. And Jesus is like, okay, you will. You will drink the cup that I drink, and you will be baptized with the same baptism that I'm baptized with. But to place you at at my right and my left and my glory is not something that I have to give you. Like, those places have already been prepared. Mm. And so he sends them away, and they're like, that's not a bad answer. Yeah, we get the same glory that Jesus is going to have. Yes, that's not bad at all. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. So they go back to the disciples, still having no idea what that really means. And, And the disciples are like, super upset of course like you two you two you you guys should not be asking him that like mm-hmm. peter's probably like well, come, <laughs> come on, on come on why? like I, i'm the number two guy you guys have known this the whole time like literally three weeks ago like mm-hmm. you were sitting there mm-hmm. i said you're the messiah and jesus says you're not simon anymore you're peter and uh on you on your confession i'm gonna build my church so uh, how many churches did he say that he's going to build on you? <laughs> None. That's right. Like, how long have you been, John? Oh, your whole life? <laughs> I've been Peter for three weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm the rock. Can you smell it? Um, and <laughs> is that trademarked? Am I allowed it to put that in the pocket? Can you We're just... smell what Peter's cooking? There, um, there it is. There it is. Uh, <laughs> so... So they get upset. They're, they're upset with James and John, and, and Jesus overhears them, knowing that they've like completely missed the point. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, let's, let's have the same conversation now. Greatness in my kingdom belongs to those who serve. The last will be first, and the first will be last. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must First, be a servant. Mm-hmm. And um, so what Jesus is to me is the perfect redefinition of what glory is. Mm. He, he takes my preconceived notions of, of what glory looks like in this world. Uh, he takes, he takes the, the Bill Gates and the Jeff Bezos and the, the Zuckerbergs and the Elon Musks and like all these, all these people that, that exemplify greatness on worldly standards. And he says, that's not it at all. Mm. That's not it. That's good. How will you serve? How will you make yourself low mm. in order to be great in my kingdom? What Jesus is, what he exemplifies, is someone who, in very nature, deserved all praise and glory, but made himself nothing. That's right. Philippians 2, man. Philippians 2. We'll we'll come back to it every time because Mm -hmm. it is is so central to to, to what the gospel is. Jesus redefines glory by laying his life down. Mm -hmm. 
And that is uh, what he is to me. That's what he needs to be for me because there's, there's so many times where my heart longs for the things of this world uh, whenever I should be uh, seeking to serve um, and, and looking for those opportunities for, for that. That's yeah. good. So in this, we, we want to encourage you for your quick practical step today. Uh, we want to encourage you to start asking that question to yourself. Who is Jesus to you? Yeah. And really search. Really, Maybe you've never really asked yourself that exact question before. Maybe people have always told you who Jesus is you. And that's not necessarily bad, okay? We can inherit from other people. Truth is truth. Um, but you haven't really sat down and said, to me, how does Jesus, how is Jesus speaking to my heart right now? Right. And let that truth just reside in you. It could be through a parable. It could be through a simple phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can be that guy who's, who takes the, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, and somehow identify with that on a deeper level. Um, then, then really, I could, or maybe Carter could, but you, you somehow identify with Jesus there. Who is Jesus to you? Um, Jesus has come, yes. However, one of the best places to find Him is in Scripture. The best place to find Him is in Absolutely. Scripture. Absolutely. And so, I would encourage you search. For Jesus. Yeah, find a find a person that you resonate with through the scripture. It, you might be Nicodemus, you might be the woman at the well, you might be Mary, you might be Joseph, you might be, you know, name name it. It might be you, right? Like who is that person that that Jesus um, comes to in their life? And and you know, you might be a tax collector. Um, there's, there's so many, there's so many ways, there's so many aspects, just like Disney world. Like there's so many facets to it. Like Jesus, Jesus is to you what Jesus is, right? Like he he will be what he needs to be. That's right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) This has been the season of of Advent and, uh, one special announcement we are Looking soon to have um, Dr. John Deloney, who works for Dave Ramsey, the Dave Ramsey Show. He's um, awesome, awesome dude. We're looking to have him here on the podcast. So, so stick tune, uh, stick tune. What is that? <laughs> stay tuned. There you go. Uh, or stick with us. Stay tuned, both of them. Um, for for that, that's, that's going to be a special episode, and uh, we, we can't wait to have that. But um, for now, this has been Gathering Mana, and we encourage you get outside of your tent today. This has been Gathering Mana. For more content like today's episode, like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram or subscribe to our YouTube channel. For content on the go, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or drop a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. And we hope that you'll be mobilized to get outside of your tent today.